Welcome to Mama Bear. I'm your host, Kim Landrum. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I wanted to take a minute to thank everybody who reached out with a message or a kind word of support for episode one. I was really happy to know that the theme of jumping off resonated with some of you and to know that I was in good company. I keep a running list of topics and um, and I just have this ongoing thought dialogue in my head about future episodes that I want to tackle. But if you as a friend or a listener have something that you would like me to research or address, or if you yourself would like to come onto the show and talk about something specific, please reach out to me and we'll see what we can do about setting something up. The purpose of this endeavor is to be meaningful. So I really welcome your input on what meaningful looks like to you. Welcome to episode two, take two. I actually recorded this this morning and it was sort of all over the place and didn't feel like I hit flow state. So I'm ditching it, doing it again. So that perfectionist thing is um, it's <laughs> coming in really hard today. And before you say she must be a type one, I'm actually a type two with a really strong one wing. So there you go. And we will get into that too. I know a lot of you follow the Enneagram. So at some point we'll kind of dig into that. That's pretty fun to talk about. Today I actually wanted to talk about food dysfunction, um, food disorders, and my history with food because I honestly don't know a woman of any age that doesn't have or hasn't had at some point a dysfunctional relationship with food. I do know a lot of people that have very healthy relationships with food, but at at times they have struggled. And so I really want to get people on this show that are are willing and able to share their story. I think it's really important for us to hear from a lot of different voices because food food dysfunction in women um, is really problematic. Uh, and we'll talk about it with men as well, because I, I know that it's present in my male friends, um, in some of the kids that I've coached. I mean, I see it across the board. So I think it's something that's really meaningful to every age and, um, every household. All right. So before I, I really get into it, I think this is a great time for me to just put this, this disclaimer out there that, I am not a medical doctor, I'm not a registered dietitian or a nutritionist, or even certified in any way to really talk about medical issues, but I am talking about my own personal history with food, and my experiences and my opinions are my own. I am happy to share them with you, but I just want to say I am not a a medical doctor, this is not intended to be medical advice, and... I am of the belief that we're all a case study of one, so you're going to have to do your own research and make your own decisions, but maybe what I have to share can be helpful to you. 
I want to start by giving you a little bit of context because I am 52. I grew up in the 70s and 80s. Um, I'll say it was the heyday of hot dogs and bologna and, and white bread and, you know, <laughs> we ate spam on occasion. Um, so I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, but it was the epitome of processed food. And we just, we did not have a grasp on nutrition then the way we do now, or at least I didn't, we didn't as a family. I mean, most people didn't. We just didn't understand the relationship between food and health. So I was always a highly active kid. I I don't know whether I was thrown in the pool or I jumped in the pool willingly when I was five, um, but as the story goes, that happened in the morning, and then by that evening, I was swimming in my first swim meet. Um, cheers to Coach Joe Turner, who walked the entire length of the pool cheering me on because I was so scared. And she and I still stay in touch on Facebook. A, a lot of the people I went to high school with still stay in touch with her. So shout out to Coach Turner. Um and so that's when my sporting history began. I played lots of sports throughout middle school and high school, everything from gymnastics, softball, volleyball, track, cross country, swimming, diving, tennis. Um, you know, that it was the era when we walked to and, and from the pool, we spent our days riding our bikes around the neighborhoods. And you were pretty much outside from sunup to sundown until the dinner bell rang. So being fit and, and staying active has always been a part of my life. And weight has never really been an issue for me. So what I'm going to talk about doesn't so much have to do with weight. It's, it's not my, my story with weight. I don't have a, a battle with a number on the scale. But it's about my relationship with food. So active through my whole uh, young adult life, you know, kind of stepped away a little bit in um, college, kind of came back in graduate school, started uh, lifting, really started learning a lot about um, functional strength and got into endurance sports for a long period of time. And still to this day, on any given day, I'll do some sort of combination of walking two to four miles, riding my mountain bike, maybe going for a trail run or rucking on the trails with a weighted vest or doing functional strength, speed work on the track, going to the gym and lifting heavy. So it, it changes day to day based on what I feel like doing, but getting out, being active, moving around and having some baseline of fitness has always been part of my life. So that's the that's the physical part. Now, my relationship with food, here's here's what a snapshot of that looks like. As I said, child of the 70s and 80s, never really saw a relationship between food and overall health until some point in graduate school. And I, I, I tried for this episode, I, I went back and I was trying to think about 
was there an aha moment? And I don't really think that there was. I just remember I, I, as a person having more of a, I was thinking about my global awareness, you know, how do I exist in the world? And yeah, I know it sounds kind of like woo woo, but don't we all do this, right? I had the Greenpeace checks, the whole nine yards. And in graduate school, I started cooking my own meals. Um, I became a vegetarian and, and was a vegetarian for the better part of 10 years. And at some point, I remember coming across a documentary by Chris Carr called Crazy Sexy Cancer. And that's the first time that I really put those two things, food and overall health, first time I put those two things together. So that documentary, and there was a, a corresponding book that I still have that went along with it, sort of put me on a, a path. And I, I was just interested in nutrition. I was increasingly interested in health and wellness. And um, I just became interested in what the relationship was between the things you put in your body, the thoughts that you had, the way you made your way through the day, you know, all those things and, and how they sort of combined to influence your overall health and well-being. And so I just sort of stayed on that trajectory, still on that trajectory, still learning, always learning. Um, and so that's sort of my understanding of food. Now, the problematic part came First, I can remember, I have never been somebody that um, operated on food restriction. In fact, and this is going to sound completely bonkers to say this, but, you know, it's called Mama Bear, B-A-R-E, for a reason. So here you go. I, I remember having friends that struggled with eating disorders when I was in high school. And I tried to restrict my eating at times and couldn't do it. I, I just didn't go there. I didn't, I didn't understand it. I didn't see the point in restricting my caloric intake, probably because I was so active that I literally couldn't, or I'd be starving all the time, but I never could wrap my wrap, wrap my head around that. And so I, I remember beating myself up mentally for not being able to restrict my food. Like, I know other people are doing that. Why can't you do that too? Um, told you, bonkers. But anyway, that's just that's just how it works. And, and that's just how society is. So maybe some of you won't even think that that's, you know, having those kinds of thoughts is that strange. But anyhow, my relationship with food has never been about food restriction. But I do remember being the mother of a young child, you know, working full time, just being busy. And anybody that has had a young child understands where I'm coming from when I say this. Your diet consists largely of what your child does not eat or what your child eats and then you eat the leftovers or you eat, you know, the side dish or whatever. But, um, and that's just kind of the way it is when you have young kids. It's more about necessity than it is about, um, real, or at least it was for me, really trying to create this really balanced and holistic, you know, 
palate. I, I was just trying to get through the day. And so I got into this habit of, you know, maybe I'd eat something in the morning, but often not. Um, typically my pattern looked like I would get up and I would do all the things that you have to do to start your day and, you know, take your child to daycare and get to work. And, and then it would be noon before I'd had anything to eat at all. And so then maybe you eat a little something for lunch and then you don't eat again until dinner and then you go to bed and you're trying to fit a workout in there. And what, what that resulted in was years and years and years of probably just wrecking my metabolism or at least establishing very, very poor patterns of eating where I would eat just a couple times a day. And then even if what I was eating was nutrient dense, there's no way I was taking in enough calories. There's no way I was taking in enough nutrients. And so that resulted in me pretty much just, you know, kind of waiting through the day with a high amount of fatigue. Um, and that affects so many things. It affects or affected my mood and, you know, my ability to reason and cl just clarity of thought. And I mean, all it, it affects everything. Uh, I had horrible sleep. I never felt good. Um, I wasn't eating enough. I was undernourished. I was malnourished. You know, I was underfed. And that just became my habit. That was my normal. Fast forward to probably 10 years ago, I would say my early 40s, I actually sought help for um, for that side of my life. I, I knew what I should eat, but I just had such poor habits that I actually started working with someone to get me on a schedule where I was eating smaller meals frequently throughout the day. And they were, they were balanced across macronutrients. So protein, carbohydrate, healthy fat. And I was looking at total caloric intake for the day balanced with those macronutrients. And so I'd kind of spread those meals, which were smaller throughout the day. And I did that for a number of months and it made a huge difference. I felt so much better. Um, I, I leaned out in the process, but that, that wasn't really the main goal. The main goal was just feeling better. And then after several years, I just sort of went back, you know, life got busy again and I, all of those old habits just came back. And so my, you know, even my child will say I would get home and it'd be four o'clock or it'd be five o'clock and I had not eaten anything or maybe I'd only had one meal during the day. And he'd say, mom, you have to eat, you have to eat. And it's just, I have a hunger me mechanism but I just got to the point that I would ignore it. So I would be hungry and I just would not take the time to feed myself. And I cannot tell you if I had a, a nickel for every time I said, I'm too busy to eat. And that, that right there, that's the phrase that I think will probably resonate with 
most of you, if you've listened this far, um, is, and this is what I hear from people is I'm too busy to eat. I'm working, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I'm too busy to eat. And over the course of a day, it just creates this really unbalanced, um, snapshot of how you are fueling yourself. And we'll, No wonder you feel like crap. No wonder you have low energy. No wonder you don't sleep well at night. You know, I mean, if you are not looking at food as a way to fuel yourself, and if you are not thinking about food as part of your overall picture of health, then I want you to just stop and start spending some time with that thought. Here's why I feel like this is important. It took me a long time to look at my relationship with food and the fact that I was chronically undernourished and underfueling myself and undereating on on an almost daily basis. It took me a long time to say that I had a dysfunctional relationship with food. Because I would look at that and say, you know, it it might be like someone looking at alcohol saying, I don't need to drink. I may drink every day, but I don't need to drink. Well, I looked at food and said, yeah, but I'm not under eating because I'm trying to restrict my calories. So therefore, it's not a problem and it's okay. No, no, no. It's still a problem and it is not okay because I want to age as well as I can. I I want to be running on all cylinders. I have stuff to do, y'all. I have I have things that I want to do throughout the day. I want my life to be productive. I have places to go and people to see and you know, I mean I I, I want to be healthy and happy into my 60s and 70s and 80s. And in order to do that, I have to make an investment in myself right now, and you do too. And in fact, I was thinking about this yesterday when I was putting all my notes together, and if people approached their investment in their own personal health and the health of their family, the way they do their retirement fund, so let's just say from a financial perspective, if they looked at their health the same way, our country would be so different. We would be so different and we would have a lot less disordered eating, in my opinion. So think about that. If you want to live a productive life into your senior years, and I I know you might be listening to this and you're 22 and you think this does not matter to me. And I get it. Long time ago, I was 22, Um, but it starts there. The earlier you can start thinking about your overall health and wellness, the better off you are going to be as you start to age. And I think that this is a really, really important point. So let's just say you've heard what I've had to say and you feel like this is a problem for you as well. What do you, what do you do? How do you move forward? What, what do I do? Well, I, I told you that 
10 or so years ago, I had to seek help for my approach to food. And I had to do that again more recently. So last fall, I actually started a food program as well. And that that has been instrumental in me getting back on track. And, you know, the first time I did not maintain those healthy habits, this time I'm going to maintain those healthy habits because I was there, I fell off the wagon, I'm back on. And, and I know that if I don't do these things, I'm not going to wake up every day and feel good. And I'm not going to wake up every day and be the best version of myself. So what, what, is, what does it look like for me? How do I eat? Two things that have been really helpful for me are I set alarms um, starting first thing in the morning and I have them go off at regular intervals throughout the day, all day to remind me to eat, which sounds utterly ridiculous. I get that, but it works for me. And what it does is I, it, it takes away my excuse for saying I'm too busy to eat. So if my alarm's going off, you know, Hey, Kim, just stop, take a couple of minutes eat something, and then you can resume whatever it is that was so important that you couldn't stop like folding the laundry or, you know, I don't know, cleaning the baseboards or whatever it is. So it allows me just a couple of minutes to just sit and make sure that I'm eating something. So as corny as that sounds, use a food timer. Another thing that's been really helpful is uh, the MyFitnessPal apps um, or app it's free and you can log your food in there and it's going to, and there's, there's like a huge catalog already in there. So you could say something like whatever brand organic large egg and somebody has already entered it in there. So it makes it really easy and you can log all of your meals and all of your snacks in there. And it keeps a tally over the course of the day, um, of how many calories you've eaten And it'll kind of break down your macros. So it'll give you a number for your protein, your carbs, um, your healthy fats. And it's just nice to kind of monitor how many calories you're taking in versus how many calories you're spending, which you can also track. I know a lot of people have Apple watches or Garmin's or Fitbit's or even your um, the health app on your phone. So you can integrate those things and then you have a more realistic view of what you're taking in, in terms of nutrients, and then what you're spending. Okay. So you can even think about it as gas in your car. How much gas am I putting in my car? And then how many miles am I driving? How much gas am I utilizing? So those two things have been really helpful for me personally. So if you feel like under eating, under fueling is a problem for you as well. Maybe that's something that you could try. I'm not even going to go down the road of telling you what you should eat, how to eat. I mean, there are so many cookbooks out there. Um, so I'm not going to steer you in a particular direction. I will say that I feel like a, a balanced approach to nutrition. What is, what does that mean? What does that look like? Um, I don't do diets, you know, I don't do this, I don't do that. I, I try and eat a very broad array of food. 
Um, I, I like eating on the plant side, but I also have protein, you know, like a lean protein of grass fed beef or eggs or, um, organic chicken or something like that most days a week as well. So I'm not going to tell you what to eat or how to eat. That information is out there. Maybe it's something that we can, um, get somebody on in the future and we can talk more about that, but I'm not propping up any particular, diet or way of eating over another. I just, I try and be diverse in what I'm eating and that, that seems to work for me. And another thing that works for me, I don't feel well when I eat bigger, less frequent meals throughout the day. I feel better when I eat much smaller portions just spread throughout my entire day. That, that is me personally. Um, I have tried, and just a side note, I have tried some of these methods of eating, you know, more paleo and more keto and, and things like that. So again, I'm not going to be a cheerleader for, for any of those, um, particular, um, approaches to, to eating, but I'm aware of them and I have tried some of them. Okay. The way now is just, again, that diverse palate, but I do feel better when I eat much smaller portions throughout the day. I don't have, and I don't know whether it's, I don't know what kind of response it is. If I eat a bigger meal, I tend to feel tired immediately afterwards, even if it doesn't have processed carbs. So I I don't know what that's about. I just feel better personally when I eat smaller meals throughout the day. I hope that's been helpful for you. Again, thanks for for tuning in. I really appreciate all of the feedback on episode one. I was really happy to hear that um, some of you um, felt familiar with fear of, of jumping off and getting started. I got a lot of really nice messages, so I I appreciate that. Um, I appreciate you coming back for episode two. And again, um, reach out to me if there's something specifically that you would like to hear about. I am, as I mentioned in the first episode, kind of a sponge. I just, I like learning new things. I like, um, broadening my perspective. And if there's something that I can, um, bring to the podcast that you want to hear more about, then reach out to me and just let me know what your interests are. Take care. I'll see you next week for episode three.